Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of Scaffold Talks. Today we will cover mental health, addiction and suicide. And why? Well, unfortunately, they affect everyone, every sector, every ind industry, but especially construction. Just to provide some numbers, in, for example, UK and, and the United States, a construction worker is has a probability four times greater to commit suicide than other uh, workers. Approximately 35% of construction workers have uh, met someone on site who was under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And also, it's quite a stressful uh, industry. I mean, all, all of us are uh, speaking are uh, freelancers or have our own business. So we are all very aware of how it affects to you know, get things done on time, get paid, etc. So I am Alejandro Garcia. And today I have four co-hosts with me. Phil Smith from yes. iKnowledge. I lost. Oh, there you go. Thanks for being here. Uh, Isaac from Vertex Training and Consultancy. Thanks again. Thank you. And with Isaac, due to some LinkedIn suspension of, of accounts, we also have Paul. Paul Lim from BWS ClearMind, who is speaking along Isaac. Hello, Paul. Hi, Alexander. And then Ian Hines from MG Scaffolding. Thanks for coming, Ian. Hi, guys. How are you doing? So, yes, to. Okay, nice to be here, mate. To, yes, to, to start the discussion. <laughs> Isaac, could, could you? give any like any previous experience you have had on, on site maybe with with mental health well i suppose um on a professional level um you know we we've been out to companies we've delivered mental health toolbox talks we've written mental health toolbox talks for companies to deliver to their guys um just recently we've been asked uh, quite a lot to help write mental health uh, and when well-being policies, so from you know professional perspective, uh, that's kind of you know what we've uh, we've been doing. I think that's probably been spiked by the release of the NASC's recent guidance on mental health SG thirty eight. Um, a lot of people are taking it much more seriously now, and they're actually trying to kind of build it into the safety management systems, which is I suppose where we come in. Um, I mean, unfortunately, on a personal level, and I've, I've shared this story many times, many different places. Um, on a personal level, I've been unfortunate enough to, as I'm sure many, many people listening will have had, um, I've had the unfortunate sort of um, experience of losing somebody close to me uh, on more than one occasion to suicide. Um, my dad was uh, schizophrenic, so, you know, he was diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia. Uh, when he was about 27 and he really struggled throughout many many years to you know to deal with his illness self-medicated drink drugs um eventually you know culminated in taking an overdose 
uh, which obviously that's was, was very very difficult to deal with and then uh about 13 months later so just after just over a year after that um my stepfather a guy who raised me since being sort of eight years old uh took his own life um and you can imagine the the years that sort of followed that that certainly the uh the first six months after that were a very very dark place um you know so much so that i didn't really work much uh got myself into all sorts of financial uh physical and medical uh difficulties um and you know when people talk about suicide and suicidal thoughts i've definitely been in that place so personal experience is um is kind of there and just listening to the numbers Alejandro sort of went over before, you know, obviously before coming on this call, decided to have a little bit of a look around, check out the numbers. Um, around 700,000 people a year die by suicide. So just outside of the construction industry generally, just, you know, in society, globally, 700,000 people, which equates to about one every 40 seconds. Um, it's, you know, staggering, staggering um, numbers. And I think we are starting to, talk more we are starting to get more um switched on about speaking you know about mental health and you know getting the right sort of help and advice to people um but you know even still you know to this day even the terminology we use around suicide um many people still refer to it as committing suicide uh which refers to it being a criminal act back in the um and you know that's not been the case since the i think it's either the 60s or 70s in the uk so there's plenty of work been done um but, you know, plenty of work still to be done. And hopefully uh, podcasts and LinkedIn Lives and, and stuff like this um, provide a bit of a forum for people to listen and, and hopefully talk and share experiences and, and shed a light on the subject. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where, where I'm at with it at the moment. Um, I'm sat here at the minute with um, uh, Paul Dean. Paul Dean owns a company called BWS Clearmind. They're an addiction support business. Uh, they, they help out the scaffolding sector, but also, you know, any anybody, where, you know, any space where where there are people that need help. So uh, before introducing anybody else, I'll introduce you to uh, Paul, who sat next to me, and he can give you a bit of a, an insight into what he does. Thanks, Isaac. Uh, yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, due to some technical difficulties, I can't join this through my own LinkedIn, but that's another story. We'll sort that out. It's not a problem. Uh, yeah, so my background uh, around my own mental health issues, I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery myself, um, just over 15 months now in recovery. Uh, on the back of that, I'm a scaffolder by trade. Uh, I had an idea to um, start up a business, a service, uh, BWS Clearmind to try and help other people, scaffolders to start with, uh, not lose everything like I did. Um, now, mental health-wise, I've suffered for a long time, and a long time I was suffering without me actually being aware of it. Um, it was a lot of childhood stuff, a lot of trauma around that, a lot of moving around, having to fit in at new places, make new friends every so often, every few years and whatnot. Um yeah, so on the suicide side, it's like I'm doing, uh, I'm going to be looking at doing a suicide awareness course myself through another good friend of mine. And um, I've probably four times I think now, I've, I've managed to um, strip things back to probably four suicide attempts myself um, through various ways. Um, I also had 
a very good friend of mine who was a scaffolder. Uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, in June this year, 10 years since he, he left us, he, um, he committed suicide himself. Um, and it's only recently um, I've been thinking about that because I've never dealt with that because apart from the last 15 months, the last few years was, 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 was drinking, using addiction and, and, and just falling deeper and deeper into bad mental health myself. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on. Like Isaac said, we are talking a little bit more. There's so many different things out there now. Uh, obviously, for anyone in recovery, we, we, we have got the fellowships, different fellowships, but there's all sorts of good stuff out there now, like the Andy Mans Club, uh, and like there's a lot of like brotherhood fellowships starting up where men are slowly but surely things are going in the right direction and it's like and i know with the um the sg38 that nask are doing the best to look at look at things like like mental health suicide well-being welfare and i think my only thing about that is like who's going to be delivering that and it's um yeah, so I'm not, that's something that, we, that that I'm sure we can discuss. And if anybody's out there, once we've all had our introductions, we want to fire some questions in around that. And yeah, I want educating. I want I want if I've missed something, let me know. All for it. So yeah, that's me. So thanks for having me. And I will uh, pass you over to the uh, Birmingham Bullet, Mister Hines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a nice one, mate. Thanks very much. Um, just a quick waiver, really, guys, for a start. Um, obviously, I, I do work for MD Scaffolding, but I'm not here representing them. So, any of my views or anything I talk about doesn't represent any of their views. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more here from the from the Lighthouse side, really, because um, I'm an ambassador for Lighthouse. Um, well, my mental health journey started. The, the strange part for me was really that I got into scaffolding to, to fund. Uh, my education as far as being a therapist. I'd, I'd had some substance misuse uh, issues myself back in 2000. I uh, came out of prison um, and I'd experienced the magic of talking therapy and how, how useful and good it was. So I wanted to try as a therapist. Now, to do that obviously takes a lot of money and, and uh, time, what have you. So I got a job in the only place I could find anywhere to accept me, and that was construction. Because the stigma that was attached to um, me being in prison, me being um, an extra addict, um, the, the, one of the industries that would accept someone like me was construction, i.e. scaffolding. So I was doing scaffolding to, to, to be able to fund learning to be a counsellor. And the strange, the strange part of the journey was that um, as, I, as I progressed through my education of being a counsellor and a therapist, I also progressed in the scaffolding world. Um, but notice very much that that mental health wasn't being spoken about and we was losing a lot of people. Um, so really just tried to bring it together more than anything um, and, and got the great opportunity through um, a, a great guy called uh, Robert Lynch, who was, who was the, the MD of um, Lynn Scaffolding at the time, to go and do some courses. Um, and I first I trained as a mental health first aider um, and then trained as a mental health first aid instructor. Um, with the intent to to take mental health out into the construction industry, so blokes could be able to talk about it. You know, when we're losing two people a day, and mostly men, you know, for every four suicides there are, three of them are men. 
um, and in construction, we're losing two a day. And that's somebody's brother, somebody's father, somebody's son. Um, so I went on to train as a, a suicide first aid instructor as well. Um, and, 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 you know, done, done really, I think collectively, as part of my team, we've done really well. You know, we, we trained a lot of people. Uh, a good friend of mine, Matty Hartill, out there now flying the flag. Um, so I've watched it progress over the last 10 years um, to, to a real good place. There's still lots and lots of work to do. And with people working, you know, working with people like Isaac and Paul and Phil and, and you know, lots of, and, and Alexandro, lots of people within the industry who can get the message over. So, so yeah, um, I really come from a place of, of really support, supporting and promoting Lighthouse because the Lighthouse charity is an amazing, amazing place. Um, it helped me out massively. And I know it helps people out on, on a daily basis. Helps people as far as suicide, mental health, every aspect, really. So, yeah, that, that's me, really. I, 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 uh, I became a therapist in 2008 um, and do it on a voluntary basis, but but love talking to guys out there on site and getting the message out there that look, um, it, it's okay not to be okay. Everyone's got issues. No one knows what's going on behind somebody's door, and let's let let's let's smash the stigma. Let's get rid of it. Let's be able to talk to each other. So that that's what that's what I'm about, really. Thank you, Ian. Phil, do you want to? Sir, and if, and if hi guys, evening guys. Yes, so um, thank you for the intro, guys. It was um, <clears throat> very interesting, and um, one or two of you said things that, um, that well, that supported everything that was said. But um, I think um, something that Paul said stood out for me, and um, you know, it's true that um. You know, men do speak about their mental health a lot more these days. It is a lot more, um, you know, out there, if you like. Um, and I think that needs to be recognised for a start. But, um, you know, moving on just aside from that, you know, we've got to remember that <coughs> there's one thing, putting posters up is one thing, being visibility, but it, if it... You know the the substance is not there, the quality of the input, etc. Then the whole thing falls apart. Now, you know we talk about um, suicides in the construction industry. You know, um, I think a lot of that is um, because maybe the, the industry is male orientated. But regardless of what it is, you know, what are those things? Um, you know, what are the reasons? Yeah, that you know. Um, this is happening, um, you know, and sometimes I think, um, you know, the focus can be a little bit too much on, um, <clears throat> you know, um, a certain area of that rather than genuinely looking after people's um, uh, mental health. Um, and I think there's a, there's a big conversation there. So I just want to sort of throw that in the mix because, um, you know, I think, yes, this is being spoken about, you know, a lot more, there's a lot more input, but, you know, the quality of that and, and it, you know, how that is actually um, getting across into statistics, um, you know, that's what really matters to me. So, um, I, yeah, really keen to get your views on it. Yeah, I want to just uh, jump, jump into what you, you were saying there. I, th I think you're absolutely right, mate. I think... What what seems to have happened is we have we have started to strike these uh these conversations up and start getting the word out there. But I think 
we seem to be doing a, a reasonably good job of raising awareness and get, getting um you know dealing with things when our, our people perhaps when at crisis point but i get i think what you're saying there is is like um what are we doing to make the job less stressful what are we doing to make the job you know less what we're we doing at the front end well yeah so, i mean just just i think yeah i was yeah. hesitant to say but let, let's have it right principal yeah. contractors especially the tier one guys they don't hesitate to throw someone off a job and and they're not interested in any recourse if that's going to result in and you know i've managed a lot of these people you know they're the same contractors who you know i've worked with to generally to fulfill section 106 agreements is a bit right but you know get young people into um you know into the industry and part of that is you know working with so young offenders things like that and, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, I, I, poor I, mental health sorry. comes as part of that and it's just not accepted um and i've said to some of these guys listen th th this individual you just asked me to interview he's, he's not fit to, to work let alone work in a dangerous environment at height you know it's going to put himself others at risk i think sometimes the construction industry is used as a well you know if if all else fails you can go into construction yeah and um i think i think that has to be recognized as well yeah so um i just wanted to throw that in the mix just to uh yeah um cause a bit yeah. of carnage yeah yeah it's, it's it's paul again i definitely definitely agree with that and i think speaking from personal lived experience as well is the construction industry as a whole we're not good at dealing we are we're, we're not good at dealing with 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 the problem of mental health and addiction i'm speaking from a personal point of view it's like the what's happened to me on more than one occasion uh is when i was in addiction um the old uh, the old the old thing is like if if we think someone's drinking or someone's using or something like that it's let's get them in let's get them tested let's get them yeah. sacked yeah. and then they get sacked and then in that in that it happened to me in plymouth now whether that was because i was the only mancunian scaffolder in plymouth uh i soon got a name of somebody who wasn't employable somebody who would turn up late for work not turning if it did turn in i'd be under the influence and then very quickly i could not get a job anywhere now i'm not saying uh poor old me not at all i was poorly i was ill at that time and then i couldn't like i couldn't get so i went from not being able to get a job to actually then deteriorate deteriorating very 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 quickly yeah. to be sat in my sat in a flat drinking and using and trying to end my own life and that's me from personal lived experience so i think as a industry whether this has got something to do with and this has just come to me head now so it might be complete rubbish it probably is but um with a lot of management we have a lot of management 40s 50s in the 60s people who have a you mentioned you mentioned like my dad i'm going to take my dad for example my dad is 64 i can talk to my dad all day long about my drinking my alcoholism as soon as i start talking about my uh, drug addiction then he's looking at his watch that he hasn't got on he's left the chicken yeah. in the oven he wants to get out of that situation as soon as possible so i think maybe it's a generational thing i don't know with managers managing directors ceos where you mentioned drugs and it's like right whoa no get rid let's start again so well let's listen i i've i managed a very large uh you know like 15 million turnover depot i've got a massive drugs problem i've got like addiction personality disorder so um, I'm clean now, but you know, so 
I've, I've everything. So, you know, but, but I've always fought for this, you know, and one of the problems was the, the, the mandatory cannabis test. I mean, why? I mean, historic cannabis use. So the guy had a spliff at a party six weeks ago. And for that reason, you're going to throw him off the job, not let him on the job, which means you've got no idea what that means. Could lose his job, could not be able to buy Christmas presents, whatever it is, right? It's going to be a lot of aggravation. But they don't care. They just discharge their responsibility at that stage. So, you know, that's, that's my point. It's like yeah. you can't be that brutal and then say, oh, but we really care about that individual's mental health. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think anyone's got a right to do that. Yeah. I think if you invest in people, and we all know who does, individuals do, not businesses. Businesses don't invest, individuals <coughs> within businesses invest their time and energy. Um, and some choose not to. Um, I think it's just sort of cutting through that and just getting down to the hard work. You've got to engage with people. You've got to communicate with young people. It's all about communication. Um, I think... Um, sorry, 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 Let's get into this, this yeah. mental health gig and blah blah blah. However, the, the the one good thing that seems to have happened is there's, there's been some uh, call it what you build longevity, whatever. Whereas we still made to stay, uh, it hasn't been the flavor of the month sort of thing, which is good. But yeah, I think there's a lot of companies out there that give it lip service. We want to do this and we want to do that. But we, 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 we sort of need to get some joined up thinking as far as... Okay. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They really don't give a fuck about the subcontractors because I've been an individual who's had to pick up the pieces. So, be it's an accident, just want to go off the job, right? Now, you know, <clears throat> really, it's just easier for them. So, you know, and, and, and it's even easier sometimes because they're a subcontractor to the subcontractors. So, you know, the industry is happy for individuals to be... Know, self-employed and not have those employment rights or statuses, it's going to cause the massive mental health issues. So yeah. I think yeah, that's the ramification there. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, listen, good. I understand it's not as easy as waving a magic wand, throwing money at an issue. It's more than that. But the reality is that it involves fucking hard work. It involves talking to people, mentoring people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I see that as a responsibility... <clears throat> As an adult, not just mentoring my son, mentoring his mates, mentoring people who respect me or come to me for advice. Um, I, I see that as part of it, but um, other people just want to say, yeah, we've signed up to this, we've signed up to that, but don't actually fulfill any any substance to it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, think, I think there is a big element of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that, that you know I, I completely agree, and it's, but you it's, have to give credit sometimes where credit's due. And I think there are certain individ, certain individuals in certain organisations who are trying to push. Yeah, it's all about individuals. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it, it needs to become um, a, a lot more again joined up as far as okay, how do we how do we do this? You know, yeah, great stuff. We've got NASCAR of SG thirty eight coming into play. Uh, we've got you know big companies such as Lendlease, you know, trying to get things done. Um, but and you do have to ask yourself, you know, are, are they doing it? Uh, what, what's it called, Phil? Is it is it virtue signaling, something like that? Um, 
So, so the, yeah, so yeah, they call it. No, it's not. It's an element of that, but I, I, I get, like that's my point. It's not the business. It's you know, like if there's a policy, it's just someone in Australia, and then this is just uh, just someone in an office in Australia. It's not the companies say it's, this is our ethos, but you speak to ten different individuals who've got different ethos and outlook on life, right? So, so just what an individual what, puts into it, yeah, that's 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 yeah. the value well, I see. What do we do to, as you know, as as an industry collectively? What how how do we do it? Is it is it education? Is it knowledge? Is it is it what you know? You see, if you went to if you went to the principal contractors so that we've set up this organisation, you know, um, like Lighthouse, for example, do you know what I mean? Would you be interested in supporting that in some way? I'd see that as a far greater resource than yes, you know going in-house, if you like, with a tier one, you know, principal, everyone's under pressure on site and it's almost yeah. like an obligation, you yeah. know, um, you know, who can do this, we've got to send someone on it sort of thing. There's a lot of that and I think <laughs> that's what I was getting to, it's too structured, it becomes just a box ticking exercise, but like the Rams guys, listen, you know, we all know what goes on on site, yeah, um, we'd never admit it publicly, do you know what I mean, you'd never admit it on an open forum, but or a public forum that's been recorded, yeah. But, you know, like, rams sometimes don't get <coughs> properly um, understood or did to pretty much every job, yeah. And, um, you know, because it's so generic mm. uh, often, yeah. So that's why you've got to have specific, you know, specific tools like we used to on Indians, yeah, to, just yeah. to direct them and get their attention. Yeah. Sometimes the scary thing, what I notice a lot is, um, you know, I'll go out and talk to different people, different companies, and, and you, you know, you've got places like Lighthouse, and, and yeah, look, I do champion them, but because I've seen the work that they do, but it's, it's frightening sometimes to, to, when you say to someone, maybe four back phone Lighthouse, they're like, I don't even know who they are. And it's about, oh, it's about spreading that message and going, you know what, yeah. this is not just a hollow, a hollow service. I, you know, I've actually seen people go from, from, get help when they've been on the floor. And to, to actually see them a few months later, to be actually, you know, do, doing something. But it's getting that out there, isn't it? Saying, guys, there is a place out there that can help you, i.e. Lighthouse. They, they, you know, they will they will get you the help that you need. But they also need, they need support. They need these tier one people behind them and, and, and other people as well, you know, giving them that support. Sorry, guys, we had two races, two guys with a raised hand. Let me... Let. I hope they're not from Nellos. Fucking hell. Hello, hello, Bim. You are muted. Hello, can you hear us? He's muted. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I also I saw also Stephen Kirby. I've just yeah. messaged him now. Yeah, his he hands is. back up again. Yeah, give me a second. Boom. You're on the call, Steve. You just need to oh, unmute. Uh, I've, I've, I've sussed it. I'm here. All right, guys. How are you doing? How are you, mate? You okay? Now then, Bobby. Yeah, I'm good. It was just a bit when you were saying about, obviously, there is a lot of guys. I'm... For anyone who doesn't know I me, mean, my background's construction. I'm not a scaffold, I'm a 360 operator, site supervisor, um, in construction for 20 years. But 
I know when I do my talks now, doing what I do, the amount of guys that reach out to me afterwards, not actually at the day of the event, and they'll say that they're really, really struggling, especially with addiction, but with that comes mental health. Obviously, there's a reason why they're using. And a lot of it is because they're working away five nights a week. They've got nothing else to do on a night other than have a drink and switch off or whatever else they might be using. And then I'll say to them, well, wh why haven't you spoke to the mental health first aiders on site? And they'll say, are you kidding out here? Because I'll get matched off site straight away. And it, the, that support isn't there for a lot of businesses. And even if they say it is, I've worked with some massive tier one companies. I've spoke for some global companies and they put all these this in place to say, yeah, we're going to support you. We're looking like massive on mental health. We've got all these mental health first aiders. But then the second anyone admits that they've had a drink or they've got a, a coke problem, then they do find themselves being matched off site and losing the jobs, which obviously that support isn't there. And that's, that's the yeah. bit I just wanted to point out. Me and myself, no, like I've worked where I used to work away from home. I was on, when I was in demolition, I was, I was on nuclear sites all over the country and I was living week to week like a lot of the guys on site. A lot of the guys are from, they're not from the best backgrounds, they haven't got many savings, you do live week to week and then you're getting a bit of extra money for your dig money and then you find yourself going for something to eat, sat in a pub, a couple of pants leads to eight pants and then that's it, you're feeling crap again the next day and because you've drank so much, your mental health is going to deteriorate. You are going to start having negative thoughts and feeling crap. But guys don't want to admit to that on site because they know, especially if you're an agency worker or subcontractor, they are just going to get rid of you. Yeah, again, same as somebody said earlier, I think yourself, Stephen, that whenever I've done a talk, there'd, there'd, there'd be nobody sort of generally putting their hands up then but it would be no. after they come and see you after and say look you know okay. because yeah i mean you, you get these eaps put up which are great you know great great things in 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 uh in, in theory but the truth marries blokes want somewhere to go and talk to it's <laughs> confidential whether they're not going to get marched off site and it's it's about supplying that isn't it about supplying it that is, yeah avenue support they can call, go and talk to that he's confidential the thing is as well construction industry whatever sector you you work in whether it's scaffolding or whether it's uh, civils or utilities, whatever it is, it's it's a tough industry. And a lot of the guys that work within it see themselves. I can't say everyone's walking around like they're an ad man, but they've got an ego, they're, they're tough. And I was brought up not to talk about mental health. Guys are strong, guys don't cry and all the rest of it. And, and I... As the guy said earlier on about, about suicide and stuff, I came really, really close when my mental health deteriorated after an accident. And I felt I couldn't tell anybody. I was telling everyone that I'm all right and I'm dealing with it. Because as a guy, I didn't want to, I didn't want my partner at the time to worry. I didn't want anyone else to worry. But then I I noticed that to the point where I just thought everyone would be better off if, without me. It'd be, it'd be easier for them if I want here. But as guys, we don't want to talk about our emotions because we think it looks weak until you see somebody else like Lighthouse or like myself stood there opening up about your own personal experience and you and seeing you talk about your emotions and explain it shows more strength to talk about your emotions than it does to 
to hide it, people start coming forward. And again, it is just that. It's 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 about giving people, educating people, and and getting them to understand about how the man works and understand mental health, rather than mental health is. I don't like it as a word. I, I prefer like well-being because. Like mention mental health to my mum, she just thinks back to days when they got your sectioned instantly, and it scares people. If people people get confused between mental health and mental illness, and if somebody's agree. mentally ill, if yeah, if somebody's mentally ill, then yeah, then they need help. They need CGP. They need to take medication. Whatever it is, what they're mentally ill, what it is. But for somebody who's struggling with a mental health, or they're having low moods, or they're self medicating. It's for me. It's the wrong word. Yeah, I completely agree. Because as soon as soon as you used to see it happen, you'd be talking to a group of people, and then as soon as you say mental health, it's just boom. You know, <clears> straight <throat> away people go, "What schizophrenia? Uh, yeah. bipolar? Blah blah." That, that that's where they go to. And, and we used to say, "You know, we need a better word for this. We need it because yeah, well-being, uh, emotion, you know, emotional distress, something like that." Because mental health is it has such negative connotations attached to it. That it just either switches people off or people just run run for the hill. Can I can I, think, I can I chime in, guys? I just thought it's important. It was really good, Stephen's um, narrative. I really enjoyed that, Stephen, and um, agree with everything you say, mate. And I, just early in your in your in your talk, you mentioned about <clears throat> the reality. If you went into <clears throat> an office and said, "Look, I'm in a really bad place," and you were a scaffolder, you was a machine driver, you was a hoist operator. You know, if you went in with a broken arm as a scaffolder, they would say, give us a call when your arm's better again. And you've got a doctor's note, okay? You go with bad mental health, exactly the same thing. But it's not as open as shut as that, is it? No. So you can't put someone in who, you know, I had a situation in front of 10 or 15 guys. I was a contracts manager with someone at a breakdown said he was going to go on the scaffold and hang himself and you know it was a huge sight and I couldn't let him out I couldn't let him go to work you know and uh, the result was you know eight weeks at home working on his mental health great but the reality for a lot of businesses they can't afford or they can't they don't want to bear those costs and of course the nature of construction because it's often a transient industry people work away a lot you know people working for different contractors um, it's easier to send them back to their agency. It's easier to say there's no work tomorrow or, you know, we haven't got anything more for you. Um, and I think that's the reality that people don't want to talk about, you know. Um, uh, you know, certainly from, you know, the position I was earlier, it's sort of, you know, there is an elephant in the room here, guys, where a lot of it is, you know, we'll take the fluffy bits, the good bits, we'll put the posters up, but actually getting down to the nitty-gritty, the problem for construction workers as it is, you know, do I play football on a Saturday if I break my ankle as a scaffolder? I'm not going to get paid for three, four months. You know, that's just not going to, it's just not viable for most people. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, there is those elements as well that have, have you know, got to be discussed openly. And I, I don't, I don't think they are, to be honest with you. Definitely. So, I, I yeah. totally agree, Phil. Uh, it's Paul again. Thanks for your input, Stephen. Um, now, 
the, the little bit of well, some feedback that I've got recently, because I've been going out, actually going through doors and speaking to um, construction scaffold companies, and uh, I'll, I'll, more than once from managing directors, they've said to me, well, uh, I'm getting phone calls on a Monday morning off, off lads who are saying they can't come into work today because they're struggling with anxiety, they're struggling with their mental health. And some of these directors, managing directors, owners, have said they know full well that that's that's bullshit. That they know that they've been out all weekend, and it's like that. I think a lot of company owners are thinking that some. I'm not saying all, but some uh, workers are jumping on this mental health stuff and saying, "Well, he's not going to sack me if I say I'm anxious, or he's not going to sack me where, where, where." It's like the new <clears throat> my nana's died, or like I can't find my car keys, can't find my belt excuse. But then they come back in work everything fine on the Tuesday. That's the bit of feedback I've got. So it is a massive grey area and not a lot of people know whether it's whether it's people on the shop floor on the front line or company owners, managers, directors don't know how to handle it all. It, it, it's, it's really, really is a grey area with, with a lot of people. They're scared of it, mate. They, they, again, it goes back to that word, doesn't it? And especially for people that manage directors, people hear the word mental health and, and, and they're scared of it, you know? Um, it's, it's the new bad back, isn't it? You know, no one can prove or disprove it. The, the sad part about it is that, as it dictates, when something happens, people abuse it, and, and that, and that's where you're going to find yourself, aren't you? That people are going to start to abuse, abuse the fact that we're starting to talk about it more. So, oh yeah, you know, people say, oh well, you know, how can we talk about mental health a lot more? And it seems to be getting worse. Well, it's not that; it's just it's getting reported more. Um, I think there's a word for it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. No. Okay, just, just before uh, Anthony jumps in and unmutes and whatnot, I think there's, there's, there's something here. It's Isaac again, by the way. I know Paul's sharing my profile at the minute. Uh, I think there's this, um, a bit of an area in between. Do you know what I mean? We, we're talking about the companies should do more. I absolutely believe that that's the case. I think companies... Um, if you're sending somebody out into a dangerous, potentially dangerous and stressful job that's, you know, it's difficult and, you know, sometimes poor conditions, then we do have a responsibility, a moral responsibility to look after people if they are reporting with the mental health. I think what Paul's just said about people reporting with the mental health and perhaps use it as an excuse, the modern day bad back, if you will, um, I, that is absolutely a valid point. And I think that there are people out there, unfortunately, who are um using these these sort of things as excuses um we, we're talking a lot about you know pay and the, the financial implications of you know supporting people through mental health crises i think what we need to just address is as employers you know we, i've employed people i know ants just about to jump on the call ants an employer um we are under a moral obligation i would say to look after our people we're not necessarily under a financial obligation to look after them once you know they're, they're um, unfit for work in in every scenario. Some some scenarios we might be, um, but I think there probably needs to be mechanisms in place where once somebody is taking time off due to mental health, uh, that we don't just cut them off and say, well, "Call us when you're right." Um, even if they're not in, and you know we can't. There's not an unlimited pot of money to pay you while you're not in, but. We should still be reaching out to them and supporting them through the recovery, um, whether they work for us or not. Um, I, I know you're about to jump in on uh, on this, and I don't know whether if 
maybe sort of words out your mouth. But do you want to just? Uh, I know you had your hand up. Is it what, what was it you so, wanted to? Uh, hello, guys. Um, yeah, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, I'll go on. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so obviously, um, I only tuned in when I was in the car, and Phil was um on one of his uh tangents what we all love to hear but he does with, with what phil says he does hit a lot of points on the head and then i've been taking in what stephen's been saying etc i mean obviously mental health um addiction financial stress it's all a constraint we are we are a specialist contractor we are um you know a business that pretty much building sites can't run without you know it you you see the modern day society there's a lot of strain on your staff we've got 23 um employees so we're not by no means the biggest scaffold company in cornwall but we've sent um three employees so everything's got to be what people forget sorry is everyone forgets that everyone every scenario every situation has to be individually dealt with so we we do highly promote um you know well-being we go out on site all the time you know we don't sit in an office and hide behind a computer and just oh. send people job lists we go out on site all right how was your weekend blah 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 you can tell the change in situation of someone that's worked for you for three weeks three months and three years by their mannerism how they're behaving what they want to talk about if everything's shit if someone's going, oh, this is fucking shit, that shit, oh, we're, oh, we're under pressure, this and that, you go, all right, well, let's take five minutes. What's the problems? Let's sort it out together. And that's where you go down the route of, of really getting, you know, the nitty gritty with your staff. Because if you're not, if you're not involved with them, and you're not personal, then you don't know their problems. We can't be like Phil said about all the posters and stuff going up. Yeah, all right. Let's go and work for work with a tier one um, contractor, and you go for a piss in the toilet, and it goes boom. Men's mental health. Call this number. You're like that might work for one, but not for another. I think that every case has got to be individually assessed. Every individual, whether it's you know a man or a woman or, or whatever we're going forward with these days, you just need to be need to have that bit of um, empathy and, and personality. Yeah. To, to not challenge, that's the wrong word, if someone can think of a better word, but confront and say, what's the pro what you have, are you struggling for money? Do you want to talk to me about something? You know, you know if someone's missing a consecutive Monday, then they're having problems somewhere. And like, I can't remember who it was mentioned, sorry, um, but it was more to the point of, oh, the, you know, the old, oh, my grand's died. You know, we all used to have a joke about that, saying, oh, everyone's grand dies on a Monday or blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, actually, where is such and such? I'm, not, I'm concerned for them. I'm not heard of them. They're normally forthcoming. They would normally want to speak to me about stuff. You know, we've got, we're very, very fortunate in Cornwall. We've got a company called, um, a charity, sorry, called Man Down. Um, it's very, very well promoted by um, two guys that were literally on the brink of the end. And because they can stand there and do their talks and they have, you know, they've walked the walk and they know the scenarios and they know how you're feeling. It's very easy for them to say, look, you know, one of the guys that, that runs it, Ross, was absolutely hooked on coke. Absolutely hooked on. And he'd openly tell you, this is how I beat the addiction. This might not work for you, but we're here to help you. And mm. we've had three employees go to man down. And it's worked for them. I've, you know, I've spent time with them. I'm like, do you want me to be here? Do you not want me to be here? Do you need some time on your own? Do you not need some time on your own? 
but when you when you're when you're in a bigger organization like working for palmers or someone you know massive company or like phil said with, with when he's got you know two three hundred hundred guys and how do you do it on a personal level you have a you have a health and well-being coach within the company you know it's 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 it, you've got to look at everything in the broader scale it's it's going to work for some and not for another is, is more to the point of what i'm getting at and the yeah, only Ed, way Ed, what you've mentioned there about the empathy i, yeah. I think is, is massively important and we, me me phil and uh, paul um sorry me ian and paul we're only speaking uh, this weekend um about you know what might work for one person not working for another you see a lot of these sort of and you, you probably also the, the linkedin post the uh, the 25 year old life coaches um there are so many people out there that are willing to sort of tell you that you're just being lazy you need to get out of bed you need to look yourself in the mirror and you know soften up and blah 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 and that actually might work for one or two people but you know for a lot of people hearing that can actually make them feel pretty shitty about themselves so it's about having the, the sort of the humility to know that you don't know everything and that your role is more to um to listen and understand people um and i think what what Ants just mentioned there there are fantastic charities out there like this man down like andy's man club um you know lighthouse club it's about signposting you know if you think there's a problem you don't have to be the font of all knowledge you just have to be you know kind of humble enough to understand that you know you don't know everything yeah. um uh, and um Anthony, this is paul for bws clear mind i'm i'm on with isaac my um my linkedin uh, he's not working at the minute, but from a uh, scaffolder in recovery from drink and and cocaine addiction, sat there listening to you with that with that attitude is absolutely amazing and and, and a breath of fresh air about um like we've talked about it. I'm not sure whether you was on before before um you, you came onto it that we were talking about how it's dealt with by by um by managing directors by company owners. So um, I'm going to um. I'm going to find you. On, on, I'm going to find you tomorrow and give you a call because I won't mind a conversation with you. But I just want to thank you for your, for, for your attitude and your, and your words to be honest with you because it's just really good to hear. So I'll. Uh, I think. I think you like I say, people aren't open-minded on it. You'll get. You'll get. Um, so I, I'm the sole director of the company. I own the company. You know, it's it's me. The buck lies with. I'm the top. Now, generally, that's where. If you looked at the outside, <laughs> that's where the stress should lie at the top, but. You know, people are on so so much financial constraint these days. We've got a lot of guys that, you know, are, and is there any chance of a pay rise? My mortgage has gone up £500 a month. You know, their missus, it's, there's so much that can play on a mind before you even start going up the ladder to strip some hop-ups. And if you're not completely focused on what you're doing, that's where the human error will come in. You'll start having mistakes. And then all we'll be doing is filling in riddle forms every week. Mm -hmm. you know for people having accidents you need to you need to have a clear mind doing the job we're doing it doesn't matter if you're basing out it doesn't matter if you're doing a, a hanger off the barclays tower block you know and with without uh, without one-to-one -one personal some of my guys don't like it they're like look i'm fine don't worry about it and i'm like okay well my door's open i've had guys on the phone to me at nine o'clock at night crying their eyes out you know and then i've had guys that now nah, i don't want to talk about it and i'll see them a couple of days later it, you know i'm not in your face about it do you want to talk to me about anything oh, do you know what i was just having some shit i'm sound now Ant. everything's good you know we have a little kiss and a cuddle <laughs> everything is complete i'm just double checking that you're good yeah yeah i'm sound if you need anything you can phone me from xyz 
I'm in the office, I'll be out on site on Tuesday, whatever it, you know, and just keep not chipping away at it, but just monitoring it. And you can, t- you can tell when you're personal with someone, you know, everyone here that's got a, a wife or a husband, whatever it may be, if they're pissed off with you, you know they are because you've spent all that time with them and you're personal. And that's, uh, like I say, you just need to gauge the individual. It's very difficult to, um, to, you know, wrap this up in one big blanket by putting posters up and, you know, putting bulletins out and making the awareness. That's perfect because that'll work for some, but not others. Yeah. So they're very good points, Anthony. Thank you very much. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but we also have Joseph, Joseph Ewin listening. Or... Hey, hey, guys. Could, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a scaffolder. I know quite a, a few scaffolders, Mr. White, for example, and Ross Brown and a few others throughout the, the industry. Oh, the industry. My, my background is actually as a civil engineering contractor, but for the last 18 years, I've dealt with the, the tier ones and the tier twos bullying specialist contractors. And I actually act in adjudication uh, throughout you know, the UK. Um, and I see the firsthand the mental toll it takes on the, the, the owners and, and, and managers of these companies. And that's why you know, I wanted to get involved in this talk and come on, come on and, and listen into it. It's been fascinating. Um, you know, listening to to you, to you guys, but the my my my, uh, my angle is is we need to actually change the entire industry from the from the bottom up as it, as it, well they call it the bottom, but it's not to me that the the industry is upside down. If you follow me on LinkedIn, I talk about specialist contractors and not subcontractors, because the the industry looks looks down on 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 the people who actually do the work, and that in itself needs to change. And they, you know, regularly get put you know basically thrown under the bus by tier ones, tier twos, who just basically refuse to pay them because they know if they, if they don't pay them, they'll go bust um, and they don't have to pay them and they use that to pad out the bottom line. These are the things that, that, that people don't like to talk about or don't like to think about, but the human toll in the industry and the suicides and the insolvencies and, and the, the, the marriage breakdowns and the drink, the drugs, all of that's linked. Um, and these main contractors really need to get their house in order as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I've got, I think just just to try and throw a bit of positivity on it, but you got to think, you know, you got us guys sat here tonight. We've all got busy lives, you know. But look, let's look at the fact that we're all sat here talking about it, which is a, which I think is a positive move in itself. I think. Um, you know, I know it's, it's not solving the problem essentially, but you know, hats off to yourself, Alexandro, and, and Isaac, and whatever for, for organising it. But look, at least we're trying to. We're trying to chip away at it, as somebody said earlier. We're trying, mm. trying to do something, you know. Yeah, Ian, but I, th- I think I think if we make the, the industry a nicer place and a kinder place, I mean, I, I talk in terms because I mean, I, I I fight big law firms a lot of the time, and some of the stuff these guys come out with, they're just lies. They basically make up lies to, to ruin people's lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm calling them out on it all the time on a daily basis, and uh, I, I see it. You know, it's just. They, they, they basically will say black is white and up is down, even though they know they're wrong. And that's what's partly and wrong you, with the industry. You know? And you know what the, the, the biggest anxiety is with the, with the company not paying you? It was for me anyway, because I've been in that position uh, a few times. I'm sure Anthony's been in, in, the, in the same position and, and Phil. Um, I don't know, with, you know, with the size of the organisations, I don't know if it kind of got to, to, to that level, but um, we've had late payers and it's seriously... Um, put into jeopardy our ability to, to pay our guys. And there's been yeah. many times where we've had to pay the lads 
instead of paying ourselves and you have to explain that to your missus there's nothing more nerve-wracking than getting to that sort of it's nearly payday and thinking that you might not have the money to pay the lads mm. um, we, we, um... about yourself it's more it genuinely is more about the, the people you employ because you feel such a massive burden of responsibility to make sure that they're not going home and getting into financial difficulties people um, just don't understand that that I'm really glad. Is it yourself? Is it? Uh, thank you. For yeah. Because that, that was a really good commentary. Again. Thanks, Phil. And again, uh, uh, you know, at a senior level, you know, there is this huge um, pressure. You know, you're talking in scaffolding. Twenty, thirty, fifty grand is not a lot of revenue at all. The numbers mm. can get to six figures very, very quickly, very easily. Now. One thing, not getting paid for a five grand job, it's different when you owe 200 grand, right? Um, and you've got a rake of um, variations, they don't want to pay. What are you going to do? And you very quickly find out how the law works and it is very, very frustrating. Because mm -hmm. you're not arguing about whether you've done the work or not. You are literally arguing the interpretation of where a comma goes in a clause. Um, and a colleague of mine who ran a depot uh, when I was with Linden's, um, I won't say he's run a big profitable depot there, and we weren't, um, you know, I think we did one adjudication in my 10 years there, and, and that was over in Wales, and he said, uh, they won the adjudication, we won the adjudication. And he said at the end of it, he said, you know what, the worst thing about that is, he said, just constantly being called a liar. You know, for months and months and months, mm -hmm. you have to go through statements and you're just constantly being called a liar. And he said, it, you know, it grinds you down, grinds you down mentally. Um, and, you know, for a lot of people, or you lose or you, it's your business and, you know, your mortgage, you know, your, your house might be um, secured against a loan, um, you know, and the business collapses, you're fucked, right? And, and, and similarly, you know, if you can't pay the wages on a Friday, and scaffolders get paid weekly, by the way, and if they don't get paid, mm -hmm. they're not going to turn up on, on Monday, and that's, uh, that's your business pretty much over. So that's a big pressure, and mm -hmm. yeah, you can make a lot of money, but I'll tell you, you can lose a lot of money as well, scaffolding. So, yeah. um, you know, that's we, the truth. Yeah. The, the thing is, when you, when you think about it, and this is the thing I talk about on LinkedIn, if you actually look at the context of how it's back to front, Somebody that can't do, take you guys, for example, as scaffolders, experts at your job, somebody that can't do that comes to you and asks you to do something they can and then effectively expects you to finance it for free, unsecured interest free loan, and then dictates the manner in which they're going to repay it to you. And then, like you say, when they basically erode your cash flow until they basically own you, and then once they own you, they, 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 they know they could put you down, and that's what they do. You just come here to wind us all up, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what can you do? What can you do? I love people who say maybe my terms are this, my terms are that. You're like, yeah, I think, I think, I think you, like I'm a 30 days or nothing. It's like, yeah, yeah. The learning, you've got a lot to learn, my son. Yeah. But the Mel Housewives, I think he shows the Mel Housewives stuff. He isn't just with the lads at work. He was, it is, you know, the senior management as well. It is everywhere, you know, from, from, from every aspect. Mental health is involved from not getting paid, not being able to pay the lads to your mortgage, the presence, like you said earlier, Phil. But it's the mental health impact 
the financial side of it all has as well, because that's what the conversations essentially turn into. Instead but, of people contract managing, you have breakdowns. <clears throat> so people yeah. in two weeks, they just they don't understand the pressure. Don't understand, and you've got to be mentally ready for that. You've got to block yourself off. It's just but work. Feels pissed off. A, a lot of people aren't mentally ready there because they don't understand how to look after their mental health. Well, they're not yeah. trained. They're not. They're not yeah. trained in how but, to deal with the situations either. They're just thrown in. Exactly. And he, was a, want, he was a lorry driver last week, and now we expect you to be a manager. Yeah. Um, just, sorry, I just wanted to jump back into what Isaac said about empathy earlier on. Um, b before my breakdown, before my accident, I was 32 and I, I'd never suffered with my mental health. Um, there weren't a lot of talk of it as well, like obviously it's over 10 years ago now. There's depression, there was anxiety, stuff like that. But if, I was a supervisor and I remember a guy coming to me and saying that he was really, he's got three weeks off, um, so he, he won't be in, this will be his, his last day. And I was like, wow, what's up with you? And he said, I'm, I'm depressed. And my words to him, I remember it like it stands out to me it was oh man up just get on with it you can physically do your job what the fuck's wrong with you i mean what, what are you gonna do go and lay in bed i had no empathy towards it because i didn't understand it mm. I, I'd, I'd never gone through it and I'd, I'd there was nothing of it at school or anything like that so but now being a coach going through what i went through and now being a coach there isn't one way fix all for everybody Two people could be suffering from the, the same thing, but what works for one ain't going to work for the other. Exactly. Uh, I come across that with clients all the time, like constantly. And obviously <coughs> what got me through it and what I've learned over the past 12 years, I use them tools and techniques to help other people within the industry, but it's not going to work for everyone. So then I'll have to come up with another way or signpost them to somebody else. But again, jumping from that and back to tier one companies, they do lie their asses off to cover safety records, to make themselves look amazing and look great. And they talk, they're talking shit. There's, there's a I'm not going to name them, but there's a company not so long ago, literally about a week ago, I put a post on LinkedIn saying they've got two point million man hours or so many thousand man hours without an inst literally two years without an incident. Yet I know someone on that site injured themselves last year and got took to a minor injuries in someone's car similar to what happened to me and they got brought back on site the next day even though they couldn't walk and got put on late duty for three weeks until they recovered i and think the, uh, the industry generally is just is fraught with bullshit in it unfortunately yeah. i think people do sort of yes. lie to give the best account of themselves i think we'd actually do better both in mental health awareness and in safety health and safety generally um and all lie in every they lie in every um, industry. Let's have it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all manner of things. Oh, if we just actually looked at things any, for the way they are any, any and dealt with the problem, yeah, rather than dealing like, with the things that are, are, are portraying something that's not actually there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like take for example an accreditation to get someone uh, like a Chaz or a Smaz accreditation. They send you a load of completely fabricated evidence um that they've done this toolbox talk and that toolbox talk and this bit of training that bit of training and you know that it's never actually taken place you know the accident statistics zero 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 yeah. like what are we doing what is the point in just yeah. bullshit um nothing's ever going to get any better no if we, you know, if we, same with the mvq assessing i mean i used to assess mvqs and i get evidence of the guys you know um submitting the, the, the portfolios and you think you've never done that job <laughs> you know what I've been, mean? I've been on so many of them. Yeah. We, we all That's know it, don't we? So they just need to be a bit more open. 
And honest about our flaws as a, as businesses and as, as a individuals. I've been interrogated by some of them guys. Yeah, they know I'm lying, but <laughs> you've got to get it somehow. Isaac, <laughs> when am I ever going to do a fucking hanger, Phil? Isaac, just touching on what you're saying there about the portfolio. So we've, we've got a guy that works for us that's recently completed his part two. Mm. He, he cannot read or write. He struggles, he struggles to capacitate. However, he's an absolutely fantastic scaffolder. Now, mm. when I spoke to um, three-syllable scaffolding company that does a training in Cornwall Devon, um, seeing as we're not naming names, but you can work it out simply. I spoke to a, um, a guy quite high at the top, and I said, look, I know him on a personal level. I said, look, you've, you've trained the guy. You can see that he is capable of the job. He is struggling with this. And he said, and I'm happy for you to sit down with him, which I did for nearly three hours, which is very painful for those that have done portfolios. And he's not the first case that I've sat down with. And I, I just said to him, look, I know you know what you're doing, and I can see that you're struggling with this. So if we can work it out together, you tell me, and then I, I can give you the terminology. So it's basic learning back from one to another. Now, I know that he didn't go home that day pissed off or stressed out thinking, oh, my God, I've got my assessment coming up. I'm not, I've not done anything with my portfolio, blah, 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 you know, because we had a bit of one-to-one. Because I, I, took, I, took, I took a little minute out of my day to sit down with him and assist yeah. him and just give him and some it's time. it's so important as well. It's so important to know and feel that you've got the backing of your boss who's going to actually support and help you through your MVQ um, if you struggle with it, because a lot of them do. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I know I, I was actually called by a lad last week uh, and he said, Isaac, I really need to get through this MVQ. Um, but he said, I just can't get the evidence together. So I said, well, what are you missing? He said, um, well, he said, I've done everything from my end, all the pictures, all the, the photographs of... You know, prove that I can work to SG4, sent RAMs and bits and bobs. He said the only things left are the stuff from my employer, and he's just not willing to give me. And he said, I think I know. I think he knows he won't. Uh, he knows if he does give them there, then I'll be signed off, and he'll have to put my money up. So you know, there's there's a lot of and the the MVQ itself, the the, the way that some of the questions are written, I'd love to be able to read one yeah. of them out because even. Even me working in, you know, compliance and health and safety, sometimes you do think, well, what's this actually asking me? Um, now, luckily, we, there are other options as well, like professional discussion. You can get for an MVQ um, using recorded professional discussions. But again, it's similar to what, we, what we're talking about on here with the um, different advice and different, you know, horses for courses, if you will. Um, it's about finding what works for that individual, in it, in it, mate. It's about. But then you, but then saying that, like what Stephen was saying, um, and and Phil mentioned, like touched on about progression of career. Now this guy is absolutely gagging to become a part two scaffolder, so he's putting himself under immense pressure, overthinking, and overthinking is everyone knows, everyone that's on this, everyone that's spoken on it knows that you get consumed by your own thoughts, and that's where mental health will procrastinate in the brain doesn't it because it locks in you and you're like oh what if this happens and what will they think of that and oh and if i'm going to go and talk to him what's he going to say because what happened is is you're running before you can walk you're overthinking on the situation so he's overthinking the situation he's stressing himself out and i'm like let's just go for it together this is not a big deal you know mm. this can be worked on together 
I've got the approval. Take the press away. Can, can I just say, I think Anthony needs to go and sit down with all the other directors within the industry and teach them some man management skills because everything he said has been spot I think it's, um, you know, I've, I've struggled personally. You know, I've worked offshore. The ones that have worked offshore and they know it's a single man's game and it's a shit life. Yeah. I had a yeah. wonderful, <laughs> wonderful life, a wonderful wife. I've got a small child at the time. I was like, yes, I'm going to go and work offshore. Do you know the reason I went? Because I went online and went, what is the, <laughs> what is the most money you can earn in scaffolding? So what do you think it told me? Get yourself in the North Sea, son. So yeah. what did I do? Up, up to Aberdeen, you know, big, big old lad from Cornwall. Here we go. Let's go offshore. Went offshore. Everyone's fucking miserable. They all hate each other. Yeah. They all lie. <laughs> they all stab each other in the back. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the shittiest toxic environment I've ever been in. Yeah, I've done a lot of, like, flying, fly out stuff and working away. And it can be they, – they do end up being, for want of a better term, um, floating prisons. Well, speaking for the offshore thing, I've never actually done the offshore myself, but, like, working on um, – remote oil terminals in the middle of nowhere and out in the Pilbara Desert. It's the same. It's, it's exactly the same because you're remote. Yeah, um, what's happening back home? Yeah, even I've, like who's, who's, uh, who's the missus with? You, you, these things cross your mind. It's a, and then, you know, unfortunately, you've got people out there that will actually play on that. Um, okay. This huge bullying culture, whether it's... Um, you know, I'll give you a quick one. So I used to work on the Brent Delta decommissioning. There's a fantastic guy that was there. Met him. His name's Mark um, Brankin. He's from he's from Dundee. He was the Shell mine safety coach. Now they used to teach about um, A and B, um, B a state of the mind. Now you get guys that wanted to turn up because they got coke and a Mars bar, and you got guys that turn up that were invested in it because they're like, holy shit, this is this is actually like day to day life, you know. You got people that will just snub it off, going, "Oh, well, I'm." It's it was called toss time out for safety. So you got people that are like, "Oh, well, it's fine. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm basically tossing it off. We get an hour off, <laughs> sit in the thing, quick presentation, blah blah blah." But you can see the ones that are invested in it because they're watching and they're absorbing what Mark is saying. Now, Mark is uh, a scaffolder, offshore scaffolder. Then went into he was. Um, uh, Nibosh health and safety advisor for Shell on the Brent Delta decommissioning and then went further through. Great guy. If you ever get the I opportunity... I think Ross has mentioned him, him before. Yeah, Ross Brown him yeah before. probably Branko. He's a great guy. Yeah. And, you know, he's he, he was like... I met him probably on my second trip there. I got um, a good, good slot core crew position. And he was like, how do you find offshore life? And I said, you know what? It's fucking miserable, mate. <laughs> it is I, absolutely miserable. And I... I I, I cannot wait to go home. I get here for 14 days of misery, or I'm stuck in Aberdeen or stuck in the Shetlands. Yeah. But do you know the only rewarding part? I was actually at the Shetlands. Is the only rewarding part is when I look in the bank on a Friday and see there's 15, 1600 quid in there. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, on the Shetlands, we were staying in a pub and there was a, I was 24, 25, so there was less in the bank account when I went home. Well, than was. So, <laughs> so going, touching on the addiction then. Yeah. All jokes aside, touching on the addiction, you're stuck in the Shetlands, getting paid a mega wage and living in a pub. What's oh, yeah. going to come with it? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how much time we've got left, but, um, you know, they say the devil makes work for uh, for idle hands. I mean, we were talking over the weekend about, um, you know, gambling and the impact that gambling can have on um, on people's lives. And there's a huge gambling culture, both offshore and, 
um, you know, on these sort of remote terminals because, you know, there's literally nothing else to do and people are earning good money. Um, and a lot of them are going back to the rooms of the night time and just absolutely, yep. you know, yeah. addic- you know, addiction to gambling is you can, with drink, with drugs, you can spend a lot of money and go through a lot of problems over a long period of time. You could lose your life savings with a gambling addiction in a heartbeat. People, people do. I get quite well, a few people reaching out to me. It's uh, so, and, and you know, there's no stigma surrounding it. There's a bookies on every corners. It's just a completely normal, except I'd say it's less frowned upon than any of the other sort of addictions that we would normally talk about in a forum like this. But it's so insidious and so dangerous. Well, here's one for you. So, Michael Carroll, do you remember the the lager lout that won the lottery? Do you remember yes. him from Scotland? Yeah. What happened? What happened to him? He got seven point seven million quid or something. And he spent it in two years, and then he's working on the back of a bin wagon. And do you know what he said in one of his things in the paper, which I take with a pinch of salt? However, I'm pretty sure he said, my life is so much better now, I've not got the money. Um, imagine, the, imagine the stress that you carry, knowing that everyone has been, you know, knows you've got all that money, all the drugs, all the drinks, all the parties, all the, you think that you're made, you know, the mindset that you must be living and it's just saturated when when all the money's gone. And he's saying, yeah. oh, my, my life is actually better now. I feel a bad person. I, 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 I read that he's actually made some millions back on crypto. How true oh, that is he? or not, I don't know. <laughs> I've, not, I've not been invited to any of his parties, <laughs> so I can't comment. Right, well, there's how many people on this call? There's what? There's, there's 19 listening. There's, there's, the, uh, there's the four of us who are hosting. Surely, through the six degrees of separation, we should be able to get Andrew Carroll on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ross, so, speak speak to Ross Brown. He's a Rangers that. fan, so Ross, oh, really? Ross, Ross Brown will be able to get hold of him. He's probably in the Rangers loyal or whatever it's called. Going back to what, going back to what you were saying about offshore guys, I recently did a, a talk over in Holland for Jan Dunolbrew, and I've I remember I maybe spoke to about 150 people throughout the day. And I've had so many more people reaching out to me on my social media from them than anything that I've done on on show before. Because, like you said, Isaac, you, you, the thoughts that are going through your head, what's the missus up to while you're away for that amount of time? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get stuck in your in your own head. And, and a lot of them guys on there are. Luckily, I think the support is there for them through that company. Um, but, yeah, I was I was shocked at how many guys actually came, came through and, and had questions for me and told me that there was but like, but like you said, Stephen, it's always at the end, isn't it? It's never we we do we do a month to month toolbox talk in the yard, but basically I just get everyone together and go, what do you need? Are you happy? Do you need any PPE? Do you know what you're doing? Is it do you, do you need anything? And then we have a quick. It's literally just what well, I call it a shit chat because that's what it is. All the boys yeah. are just sit around having a ciggy, having a cup of coffee, having a natter, and I'm like, right then. Here's what we're doing for the next month. This is what we've been up to. We've had good safety reports. One of you got caught without your harness. Blah blah blah. Do we do we need to brush up on anything? No, not really. Everything's going good. With that, they know that things are going good, you know. But I get people come up to me, come into the office. Everyone's dispersing, heading off. One one always comes in and goes, "Oh, Aunt, actually, um, a bit skint this month. Can you lend me some money?" Or, "Oh, Aunt, um, I didn't really want to ask, but I've got a." Blah, 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 and I know it's short notice. You know, it's always, it, it's, it, you know, that's sort of a similar example to people coming to you on your social media and connecting with you and going, look, didn't really want to say anything in front of everyone, but can you give me any advice on I'm struggling yeah. with this? You know? No, nobody, whatever event I speak at, whatever company it is, 
No well, show of hands. No, whether there's 30 in the room or whether there's 500 in the room. People come over to me and talk to me about about what I've just done and shake my hand and, and, and thank me for opening up and sharing my story. But nobody will actually open up there and then in front of anybody. But then the second I get home, I'll have emails or messages. Like I, yeah. have a, I put my details on the screen so people can contact me. And they'll say, I didn't want to say out in front of anybody, but I'm really, really struggling with, with drink. Or I'm really, really struggling with, with like, as it said, gambling. Gambling's a big one. Um, yeah, massive. And But I think, like, like with you, Anthony, the way you're talking, you've got that rapport with your workers. You know, like they know that you're there for them. And a lot of, with a lot of companies, big and small, even though the company are putting a lot out there, like we said earlier, posters and pictures and support, they're not actually there for them. You know I mean, there's nobody for them to actually go up to and say, "Yeah, I'm really, really struggling." I encourage, I encourage mental health first aiders because I get, I get told that they don't get used, and I'm like, no, because the the the, the guy, the boots on the ground don't actually know you personally. If you go and get to know them, and you go and create that rapport with them, and speak to them on a daily basis, then people will start opening up to you. I think the yeah. word the word that keeps coming out, I think, is it's all down to communication, isn't it? And I think exactly. Uh, I think an experience I had recently, it's the first time I've ever had it, is uh, so I'm working at a new this new company and so they had a safety stand down. Now they've got three branches and what they actually did is actually hired a hotel. Um and so branch in Banbury, branch in, in, in um Charlton, branch in Birmingham. Now what they did they actually got the guys in, the scaffolders in, sat them around a table, all had a bit of breakfast. You know, we all had a chat, blah, blah, blah. But it created that that avenue, that, that whatever you want to call it, of communication where from the top guy was there to, to, the, to the part one. And giving them that chance and us that chance to be able to just connect with each other and say, look, guys, you know, there's something going on. Let's just talk. And what came out of the whole three days was the value that we were trying to show them, not just getting them in the yard and throwing around them saying sign that. But look, if you want to talk to us, talk to us and I think going back to what you said dance on yourself it's all about communication coming down to mental health addiction anything you want to look at we just need to open lines of communication between everyone so we can yeah. all talk to each other and that, that, that's the essence of everything I think communication is key definitely Sorry, guys, to break the party, but we are running, we are running out of listeners so I think it, it, it's about time to wrap up Ian, would you like to talk a couple of minutes about the 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 help that the lighthouse uh, charity provides yes yeah, sure. and, and 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 big recognition as well to, to people like self Stephen and, and uh paul paul dean you know bws and you as well Stephen. um but look yeah lighthouse look there's 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 i know there's there's posters there's numbers everywhere but what the lighthouse construction charity will do for you it will get you the help that you need no lip service just just make make that phone call they've got a 24 hour line that you can get in touch with them so all i'd say is anybody struggling out there just give them a call and they will do their best for you the phone number is 0345 609 1956 and you will get the help that you need that's a lighthouse charity thanks guys thanks well, yeah I think, but just to clarify, I think the number is, you miss one number, is oh, checking on the website, 0345 605 yeah. yes. There you go, mate. So, this is in the, in the UK, but there, for people from other countries, there are similar charities 
in many countries like Australia, Spain, Italy, United States. So if you are in another country, have a quick search online for a construction charity or well-being charity and you will find a 24-7 helpline number to call if you need to speak and with, to with the main message that it's okay not to be okay everyone everyone you're allowed not to not to be shining every day to just uh, give yourself a chance yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, all of you were, were, were sharing very i mean deep personal stories of you know some you know, life experiences you have had so nothing happened you share it some people probably have learned or have you know, discovered that you can overcome all those difficulties in life. You just need to, to speak up and and say, okay, I need, I, I need to speak to you or I need some help. That's all. Yeah. Alexandro, thank, thank, big thank you to you as well, mate, for bringing this together. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Well. Thank you very much. No worries. Yeah. Cheers, then, guys. Yeah, yes, cheers. Thank, cheers. thank you very much to, to, the, to the 11 listeners we still have here. For next month, it, it should be on the 20th 20th of march but we will confirm it and i would like to speak about scaffold training following from oh god phil oh, phil, phil smith will be on that one paul corfield could we count with, with your father for that one well i mean you can ask him and, and let me know later I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll speak to Paul, but maybe for the next one, for the scaffolding trainer as well, I suggest Alan Osborne gets involved in that as well. Uh, I can yeah, speak yeah, to him. Do you know what the thing is with the scaffolding training one, just to, just for timing on this? There's a lot of people with a lot of different experiences and a lot of people with a lot of different um, perspectives. Hmm. Uh, a lot of the people who are making a lot of noise just to... Um, and I think Ant will probably back me up on this, haven't actually had experience from both sides of the, uh, the fence, as in being a company owner and being uh, a scaffolding instructor. So that's what I will say on that. It definitely needs to be changed, but those, uh, you know, yes, there has to be balance. It's a two-way street. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I would like to have Ian Corfield's experience, I mean, more than 50 years in scaffolding, so a lot, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure he has a lot of things to say of how the scaffolding has evolved during these 50 years. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's all. Great guy. But cheers, cheers, everybody. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Have a good night. Cheers. Bye-bye. Ladies.